News stories were coming in about this strange virus in Wuhan, China. It was weeks before we saw the first cases in the U.S. As the numbers went up each day, my curiosity got the best of me, and I started plotting the curves. Hear stories from real people all over the world and how they've responded. I'm Sally Hendrick, founder of Shout Your Cause, and this is COVID-19, The World Responds. Hello, I've got Pip Seymour here with me today. Hey, Pip, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Tell me a little bit about you because uh, we we're, we work in the online business space together. In a way, we kind of serve similar clients or do similar things in the background, behind the scenes with marketing. And um, and I want to know more about your story, though. Like, how'd you get here? Ah, ah the story. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I so. I currently do search engine optimization and paper, so everything Google and the way I started. So I worked, I have a degree in psychology, just a BA, and um, which is helpful for learning. But uh, I remember saying one day I wanted to get into advertising and it, at university, I can remember where I was and lo and behold, I, my first job, uh, real job at a university was a magazine and then I went into, so I've sold magazines, I've worked at newspapers as a, a sales rep. Um, I've worked at a daily, a weekly, uh, then I moved to billboards, um, and then I moved to pay-per-click advertising. Okay. And, but I was selling it. I wasn't doing it. I was entering the information, but I was not doing the other work. Okay. And so then my dog passed away. and it broke me because if you know me, I am, I love animals. I have two dogs, three cats and 12 chickens. Oh my goodness. And that's just the beginning. Chickens. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're fledglings right now. So that's before a year old, I just learned and, um, live in a beautiful place called Maple Bay. It's a hamlet. But so when I moved to China, I didn't stay very long. Uh, I stayed for three months. I taught English and I didn't realize I was looking for the beauty in the world again because the beautiful thing in my world died. So China, where I was, was very industrial. It was not beautiful. And that's how I figured out I was looking uh -huh. for the beauty. And so I went to Thailand and there flowers fall on you. And so yeah. <laughs> there's so much beauty in the world. And so I moved back to Canada um, after like traveling a bit and I got a job at a startup. Um, and they sold everything, websites, pay-per-click advertising, SEO. And you know, the company was, didn't care about its clients. They didn't mean to not care. They were trying to build a business, but they forgot about the people that gave them money. And so I mm -hmm. was the middle person and I looked around and I thought I can do this. I thought I could, I wanted to be that guy that did the search engine optimization who got a paycheck yeah. and just knew what to do. And so there was that. And I had a boss and I've had so many bosses who have expected, um, for me to look up to them, they can treat me like crap, and I still have to be nice and not share my opinions. I am not a yes woman, so I did not move up in the ranks mm -hmm. because I was not that yes girl. I was a no but, no and, and and so that killed me. I had I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I'm just so there's so much of me in me that bleeds out that it just was never going to work. So when I saw yeah. this company not doing a good job and I brought clients from my other advertising worlds in I took them with me and I left 
and I started out my own and I will tell you, oh my God, I thought I could do it. It has been a path of learning yes. and trying and breaking and failing and doing great. It's been so much. So in all of that, when I started my business, one of the things that pushed us over the edge, uh, I have a wonderful partner and he was a bricklayer and he came home from work maybe a month after I started the business and said to him, Hey, can I start that business? He came home limping and um, to make a long story really short. We spent the next year, he was 30. We spent the next year going to doctor's appointments to figure out what was wrong with him. He couldn't walk more than 15 minutes. Oh. And I would go outside and cry. I didn't know if he had ALS. We didn't know. And anyway, we figured out the problem from one doctor and we're Canadian. So they said, oh, well, you can get the surgery in two to five years. And we're like, oh my God. Or you can pay a lump sum money of like five grand and get, get fixed. Right. So we're like, oh, two to five years. Oh God. Cause like, you know, and then we, because I had asked all these questions to other doctors, we already mm -hmm. had another appointment set. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's all about who, you know, mm -hmm. we walked into that doctor's office with the paperwork mm -hmm. and he said, oh, well, we know what it is. I can get you in next month. And so he, it was just, mm -hmm. it was a simple thing. So we we're so fortunate. It was a valve that wasn't opening in his leg. So it was leaking blood. So his blood was pooling. Mm -hmm. He got fixed. And in the interim, we had tried, figured out how to get him into school uh, to become a developer. Uh, so he became a web developer right okay. after he had the operation. And then, bang, we were in it. We were starving for a while and it was scary and stressful, yeah. but... But now we're a team. We're a team in love, in, in, in love and more. It's true. Our powers combined make us exceptional at what we do. Well, so, good. Yeah, That's so. a good story. It's all right. Yeah, We've got some similarities. Uh, yes, we do. Yeah. The uh, yes woman. Yeah, that wasn't me. Right. I was always challenging things and you know, this is how it's always been done was just not okay for me. It's, I made lots of changes though, and, and really helped, you know, some things in the corporate world to be different. I was constantly looking for fixing uh, inefficiency. So I, I can get that. I get I, that mentality. It's funny. Cause there weren't, I mean, there were women and the women that were high up were had to be strong and brutal mm -hmm. because they were the only woman of a, a team of 20, yeah. you know, in, in high roles, it, it would have been very challenging. So it just trickled down, right. To mm -hmm. not working. So. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as bringing you up to, to date to where we are now, what has been your normal routine for like the last six months before COVID let's do the before COVID the BC right um, of, uh, of, of the today. BC in BC um, so yeah we were a well-oiled machine getting better and better where we've been in business five years now um, so you know and I swear every year I hear things like oh if you don't make it in year two you're not gonna you know many businesses fail in year two and then in year three and then year four right, and then, right. so it's like every year I'm like yeah I made it um, yeah, and one more uh, year. here we go right and so we were, we were doing quite well. We work with a lot of local brick and mortar businesses, helping them with their online marketing, getting mm -hmm. them found in Google. Mm -hmm. um, we also worked with companies that had um, 
they worked with like customers. So they worked B2B and then they worked B2C. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and so everything was great before COVID. We were growing, we were growing. We were so insanely busy mm -hmm. in December that we couldn't breathe. And mm -hmm. then January hit and like all marketing, it kind of slows down. Um, and we were like, oh, just kind of slowed down. Like we had our regular clients, but we weren't getting the leads that we got. And then mm -hmm. February hit and uh, everything was okay. Got a couple mm -hmm. new clients. COVID hit, we got a new client or two, which was very strange. And then we had our best clients starting to close their businesses because they couldn't have people come in. They like, so we were fine. It was the businesses that we worked with were going out of business or putting things on hold. The devastation in people's voices when they called us and told us they couldn't pay us was heartbreaking. Um, we still work with all the companies. So we decided if we were going to struggle and they were going to struggle, we were going to do it together. Struggle together. And so we, we helped every business that we were working with who couldn't afford to pay us because we know when and if they get to open the doors, we're still their team. And mm -hmm. it, it was hard. It's a struggle. Um, we're Canadian. So there, there have been some benefits to that in that um, our government has supported us. If, if we came into a situation where we weren't making enough money to live. Um, right. So we, we did qualify for some help, um, which we took for a couple months. We are out of that now. Mm -hmm. um, so we are getting back into things. We've met some new clients. We've changed our business completely on the inside. Um, and it feels amazing. It's a little scary because everything's different from our sales process to everything. So let's get into that for just a second. What did you change about your sales process? Cause I did some changes too. I did some, I, I created some efficiencies and processes that I didn't really have before. Mm. So one of the things, you know, it, it may sound cool that I have a degree in psychology, but I don't have a business degree and we cobbled together our business. We use Trello for our project management. We use streak yeah. for our email. So yeah. we, there were two of us and we had four contractors before COVID. So we had to put everybody on hold and then we started taking the work internally. And I will mm -hmm. tell you, if you want to hear a crazy story, you know how mm -hmm. sometimes in life, the right thing happens at the right time because you're just lucky. It's like good luck meets yeah. good fortune. Preparation meets opportunity yeah. and it, it just happens. So I had a message in my, Facebook page, my, my personal Facebook, somebody friended me whenever I accepted, checked him out and he messaged me and, and it was, it was a little sales pitch. I was like, ah, didn't really respond and then read it, but it was so good. His wording was so good. I was like, okay, I'll talk to you. And, um, and then, so we talked, we had a half an hour conversation. He told me about this mastermind he does. Now he did not tell me and I didn't buy it at first. I bought on the second round of our talk. This guy is amazing. I bought something that I didn't even know what I was getting. There was no write up. There was no sales page that he directed me to. And it's the best thing I've ever bought for my business in my entire life. Anything. It's the best thing I've bought. It's changed my whole business from how I sell to how we do processes to how much I charge. How, what, what, is it a 
software or just a process? It's it's a process. It's, it's a, a mastermind. Process. So it's a group. Oh, a mastermind. Which I didn't. So I it's a it's a group coaching, but it's you know what? You know how there's all these salespeople online. Yeah. You know they're always selling. Hey, I can get you this that. To find a salesperson that sells exactly what you do. So we I met a salesperson that helps marketing agencies do better, be better. They're they're consultants. I don't know. Do you there's a oh gosh, I'll have to tell well, you like, the name. You are their niche market. You yes. are exactly who they're helping. So like they would help me possibly. Yeah, same um, thing. Yeah. So it's a lot of processes. So we do things like it's business. It's like going to business school for a marketing agency. It's been brilliant. I'm in week eight. Okay. My whole business has changed. It, I'm making more money than I've ever made before. Um, I love the people I'm around. I am passionate. And uh, even with the world on fire and I had to stop watching the news from COVID to everything mm -hmm. else, um, I've cried a lot, not gonna lie. Uh, and this has kept me going. So I, I feel very fortunate um, that I, on the random, bought something from somebody that changed my life. That's cool. That's so cool. I've actually hired a coach who's helping me really follow my life purpose, if you will. And then I also hired an intuitive coach that I'm about to meet with who's going to help me map some things out. So they're very different. I'm going to give you this guy's name. You can go check him out online just because honestly, like I don't like, I've never bought anything that I didn't read up and make like a formal decision. And I have, I just like, I am, I can't tell you, like I, I'm lost for words about just because it, you know what the, where we struggled most was with our processes and taking the time to train someone takes away our time and our time is so valuable because we need to serve our clients that mm -hmm. it's a very hard thing to get your head around, mm -hmm. but it's actually easy. Do you just record what you're doing and talk through it? Yeah, basically. Yeah. But there's what, more, yeah. there's more, there's more to that. There's uh, how you then take that recording and what you get other people to do. Um, yeah. And that's just yeah. the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Yeah, I've got, I do, you know what I did for mine, instead of hiring a coach, I actually went and worked for another agency. I was going to try that. Yeah, How'd that I go? did that. Uh, it went well. I did it for about eight months. Um, I needed to have some consistent income. I had just come out of an entire almost year of deep, severe depression. Oh, I'm sorry. That's hard. After my mother had died, it was like the week she was dying, I got like an, a really incredible opportunity. And I thought, okay, I'm really going to push hard on this. And then she died, buried. I went on a trip, came back, and I was ready to just go whole hog because I'm, I'm, I'm a worker. You know, I really work hard. I really do a lot of, um, I don't know, I pull a lot of things together. And you have three kids. Yeah, well, yeah. And a cat. And a dog. And a oh. husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the husband once. Yeah, he's here. <laughs> he's, he's not here right now. Um, but no, what happened was I thought I would be able to do it. But there were some things that I needed to work to not to work on, but to actually feel and live and, and 
and experience. And when, when she died, this, I thought, okay, this huge weight has come off my shoulders because she had been ill for 16 years and, and was in a wheelchair for six. So it was just really, really tough emotionally in all those ways. And when, when that came off of me, I thought, okay, I'm ready, but I was weak underneath and I didn't know it. And so I ran into like, boom, brick wall. And it was like, no, I had to just do what I could to just maintain what I already had. And that's all I could do. And somebody once told me, and some of the best advice I've ever gotten, and it was when my dog died. And my dog, I'm telling you, he was my person. Like, I know if other people are listening, they're like, what a dog, what? No, but he, he, um, I had a a manager that said to me, sometimes your 70% is your 100%. And that's all you can do. And you have to be okay with that. Yeah. I was about 20. (laughs) Yeah. See, right? Like, it's... uh, life gets in the way um, and it's Mm -hmm. hard and it's beautiful and devastating all at the same time. Mm -hmm. I am so sorry for your loss. Thank you. I mean, that was something that, you know, it was just part of the process and her being gone was the best thing because it was so hard for her. It was very difficult, but now what's, and I tried even that summer to start writing my book about the whole just generational this and that and the other and all these things about mother relationships and can't wait to read that all this stuff and i and i was just exploring and exploring and i don't know i mean you know it just kept going and then i just really got back into work and got myself back up to normal and then here we are 2020 was coming you know here we come i was running into 2020 doing really great and then COVID and now the Black Lives Matter. But the funny thing is, is that I'm back into the passionate stuff. I'm doing the activism, I'm being an advocate and I'm doing the work to bring that forth. So COVID was the first thing. And, and I was like, oh, this is like my background. I know how to analyze this stuff. I know how to read the data. I know how to talk to people. I know how to make it sound, uh, make like it makes sense. I know how to tell them where to go and what to watch and what to ignore. Which and is so what I people needed. Yes. And so I've, I've been doing that in my own small little world over here. But I've been doing it. And I've been writing newspaper articles. Well, not newspaper, but news site articles you know, to publish that and just build this body of work around it. But then now with the Black Lives Matter situation and this whole movement that's happening, it's almost like I'm I'm getting back to my own story. Oh, isn't that neat? It's funny how, you know, a lot of us went into this year, you know, out of last year going, yeah, 2020 is going to be the best year ever. <laughs> you know, and the thing about that is... I think it might be just not yeah. the way we we thought like, mm-hmm. my God, wouldn't it be great if women, transgender, black people, Asian people, like native Canadians and Americans and or Aboriginal people all were treated with fairness and dignity. Yeah. Huh. I'm like, mm-hmm. it, it would be good to see the world change um, for everybody. 
Yeah. So um, it makes me very emotional. Yeah, so, me too. Me yeah. too. But and that's I, the hope. Yeah. That's the hope with the whole COVID thing. I watched something this morning. This woman was saying how people have been able or been, for, excuse me, been forced to, to kind of slow down and look at things. Yeah. And with that, the COVID situation has created a lot of frayed nerves and a lot of upset of the apple cart, you know, where, it, where you've got people who, whose businesses are closing like your clients, or at least they're slowing down to a point that they can't continue at the same pace, or they're going to have to completely change. I've got a good friend who literally left town and moved to Texas because uh, she was like, look, I just can't even sit here and pay all this rent and she has no, you know, she has no children or anything or, or husband. So she had that opportunity to go and live with her parents for a while to get through this, but it just didn't make sense for her to sit there and create this situation where she would just be financially destitute and on her own and, and on yeah. her own. Yeah. So she had that, but you've got a lot of people who don't have that. And if you're doing brick and mortar, that's a very different type of, situation because I work with a lot of people who are online or who have services that people just can't get away from you know like people can't not hire their accountants to help them get their, their taxes, taxes done yeah they can't not you know a lot of people are doing the whole online fitness thing I've got a lot of online fitness people in my you know repertoire if you will and so that it yeah. was easier for me, I think, just because I knew the online world and a lot of people wanted to push to get to it. And so a lot of people really invested that money at the beginning. I made a lot of money in the first couple of months. Interesting. We we had a lot of people pivoting. So uh, because uh, my partner in crime can code in Liquid, which is Shopify, oh, that's we can cool. do we can do custom e-commerce sites. And because we do search engine optimization, we could just we can take everything you got and we can you put can you online. You can do Kajabi liquid. Yeah. Ooh. Ah. I didn't know Kajabi was in liquid. <gasps> oh yeah. Just opened up a whole new world for you, hon. There's like 20,000 people in that group. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I will, I will tell you <laughs> that with, I'm going to come back to that after. Cause I, yeah. Uh, forever now I'm what group and yes, add me. Official um, Kajabi group, okay. user group, something like that. Official yeah. Kajabi. Okay. And um, so, yeah, with, with all the things that happened, you know, to be honest, I wasn't surprised that the world blew up a little bit after this, because if you take away people's businesses, if you take away people's jobs and you'll notice the timing of things was about two months mm -hmm. after COVID. So if you can't feed your family and you can't support the people you love and then you're getting you're not even being like you're being shot at or killed by the people that are supposed to protect you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What options are there? Like you're going to be mad and frustrated. We know that we are susceptible to the environment. That means heat, cold. So if it gets really hot, we get irritable. If you can't support your families. If I don't you... eat, I'm a bitch. I get hangry. Oh yeah. So, and like, yeah, hungry little kids, like, you know, and so people who are in relationships or stuck with their families had a really hard time. People mm -hmm. who are single, 
have had a really hard time. I've made sure to call my friends who don't have partners in their house to call them every week and to make that. So like we've, Mm -hmm. although, you know, there's been a lot of bad things that have happened. There are some good things that have come out with it. More Mm -hmm. understanding. Um, I learned as weird as it sounds that we are pack animals. So I'm a hermit. I'm a little bit of a recluse. I love where I live. I live close to the ocean with my partner. We have animals. We, we stay home. I want to come um, see you. You're going to come visit. It's going to be great. We'll, we'll knock elbows. It'll be awesome. We'll probably hug. Um, I can't get on a plane yet, though. Yeah, I'm not well, quite there. Fair enough. I am not there either. Yeah. Um, maybe some driving in a boat. <sighs> right? But I will say that... Um, yeah, so one of the things, because I'm an introvert a little bit, even, you know, because I stay at home, um, one of the things that really changed for me was realizing we are herd animals and what affects you affects me. And so mm-hmm. there should be more equality between us all because we cannot survive without one another. And, you know, and all of us, all our differences make us up as humans. Mm-hmm. And so, being a part of the human condition, like, and a herd animal, we gotta work together. So yeah, it was good lessons, right? Uh, hard times, good lessons. Yeah, and it's hard, it's hard. Makes me wanna cry almost every day. There's some things that I say that's just like, I, I don't even know what to do. You're like, how do you fix this? Right. How do you fix it? And I'm a fixer, mm. so it's really hard. One of the hardest things that I've done is I've asked some of my friends for documentaries or recommendations of books and things like that to educate me more, even though I believe I am not a bigot. You have to unlearn everything you've learned because Mm -hmm. it's systemic, which means it's built in. Well, there's also other things like, you know, when you, I work with a lot of life coaches, a lot of people who do this law of attraction thing, the limiting beliefs and the, you know, all that kind of mental deep work, that emotional work that is so hard to, it's so hard to get to the the crux of the problem, to the deep wound, which is what sets people free into, you know, being able to move forward. And that's something that we've missed in our societies, if you will, in that we haven't given the mental health, the emotional health and the abuse and all the things we haven't given those things, the attention that they deserve, because it really does create this generational continuation of the problem. And it manifests itself in different ways in different people and people's personal experiences have everything to do with it. So when I first started working with them, it was back when I was leaving corporate in 2015, I met this woman who was like, she just, she just like ended up in my inbox, you know, and I'm like, she goes, I, I've got something I think that would help you. I want you to come over here. And it was like some sort of law of attraction, infinite possibilities kind of a thing. And I'm like, who is this lady? And she lives nearby, you know, like an hour and a half away. And she's willing to come see me. And oh, and she's starting this movement and this whole thing, you know, whatever. And and I was, you know, I was interested, but I was kind of like, right, mm-hmm. interested like well, that. But I loved her and I loved these people that she had gathered up. Me 
And I stepped into that world and I totally did not understand what they were talking about. Hmm. But after a while, and after I started really digging in and getting to know people, I re started to realize that I'm actually a lot like them. Interesting. And that I had all these stories that I needed to unwind. Hmm. And you have to literally unwind them all the way back to the earliest memories you have. And it would be so it, hard. It is hard. I couldn't, I don't know if I would do it. I'm not, no, no, don't think I'll ever be ready. Yeah. So I didn't do it like all at once or with just one person, but over the years, I've kind of done it a little bit at a time in different ways. And I've watched other people's transformations. And I've also had our own family situations going on and my own depression that I dealt with in 2018, which was interesting because I had, I mean, of course we're, we're going off in these crazy conversations, but that's okay. It just went into, um, like I, I have stories of having things happen in my life about every seven years, it seemed like that would have this seven year itch to, um, you know, to step back and analyze my life. Interesting, and yeah. yeah. And so I feel like, I feel like I've finally figured out a lot of those things. And I think that's what happens when we get, when I turn 52. So interesting. Know. I'm, I'm 46 and I will say, um, I follow a couple people who speak my language. So although I'm like, oh, I'm not ready, the thing, so they speak my language in that they, something I've always said to myself, you know, you can, you have to be your own best friend versus your own worst enemy. I learned that when I was 30. And so the people that speak to that, the people because of why like what you're saying to yourself so mm -hmm. i am on the bandwagon but um so the people i follow definitely push you to see like where you're going wrong and it's not really this but it's this and like dig in there mm -hmm. and like ask yourself those real questions and like growth and you know yeah just trying to grow and be the best person i can um yeah, so I mean, we're so lucky that we're in different countries and we can connect with all these people now. Find We can find our people who speak yes. the language we need to help us grow yes. into what we should be. Yes, yes. I, I've, I've felt that too. I've felt that, you know, planet, I call it planet Facebook, and that I've been able to meet a lot of people who... I'm like, gosh, why didn't I grow up with you? You know what Phelan always says to me? Phelan's my partner, um, as you know. But uh, Phelan always said to me, because I'm like, oh, people don't like me, blah, blah, blah. He's like, have you met everybody? Yeah. And, There's and like that's 7 the, billion people on the earth. Hello. And there, you do have, we all have our people. We do. So it's, um, you know, and, and mm -hmm. to grow together is, I think uh, it's opened so many doors, so many eye of my eyes seeing things. Well, that made a lot of sense. Um. <laughs> yeah, but think about it too. The funny thing about it is that now I can also look back on people that I did grow up with and I'm like, I really get this person now. Or, wow, I bet we would have been good friends had I known this. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Being more open um, and just so... I have this little saying, 
vision today, loving, understanding, and empathetic. I've had it on my desk. It's just a piece of paper. It's a silly, like, notepad piece of paper. But it's the vision that I want to have to share. Because what you give out to the world, you get back. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, some, what is that? When you have one finger pointing at somebody, you got three fingers pointing back at you, right? Mm -hmm. So just like, yeah, just trying to be better and I imagine think, imagine that with the police oh yeah right and what's coming back at them right now right and it could be individuals it's individuals but you know what I mean like there's so much happening right now it's well if you learn why police were created I think that why the police force was originally created like going back and learning of, about those things and learning the things that are still in constitutions yeah. everywhere uh which should be removed and um mm -hmm. and the fact that yes mental health so when my mom was having kids at 27 she would walk into a doctor's office and they'd give her a pill for her problems whether that be prozac or pills that don't exist anymore mm -hmm. so then in my generation i i don't know we had like um illegal drugs so <laughs> a lot of them in your kids generation they put kids on drugs because they acted out or that. So we're not dealing with mental health. We're not talking about things. We're not taught. So cognitive behavioral therapy is mm -hmm. a really great thing that we have mm -hmm. learned is something that will can change our behavior. We can change our behavior. We can change how we think of ourselves, what we're doing. We are not this being that is just, that's it. So, yeah. um, yeah, so we need to put more funds into helping people. Yeah. Not policing people, helping yeah. people. And not and and that's the funny thing. I mean, we've gone to completely from this COVID to this Black Lives Matter, you know, movement situation in the discussion. And it's all gonna come back to the COVID as well. And it's gonna just kind of oscillate and, and happen together. And then we're gonna have this US election. It's gonna be insane. We are watching from afar. I will tell you, it's um, <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, I think a lot of Canadians, if I can speak for our whole country, um, really look on the states as as a partner, and we've been mm -hmm. devastated, um, and we're learning a lot of lessons from you guys, mm -hmm. um, and the what not to do or <laughs> what not to do what not to do and what we need to deal with and what we need to stand up for and that there's so much hurt and pain around the world that it's time that we all stand up together and it's it, covid covid's not gone covid was the cause of all of this to be honest the cause of the breakdown the cause of the the yeah. inwardly reflection of love yes. and right so it's all there and it's not like it's gone. My parents are in their eighties in downtown in Toronto and they're not going out and I worry about them. I'm having yeah. Zoom meetings with a seven-year-old for a dinner party, um, my brother's daughter. And so the world's definitely changed. I yeah. mean, when you hug someone in 10 years, will it feel weird when you see people too close together on television shows and you know you do, you go, oh, they're too close, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how that particular part's gonna be, but I feel like I 
feel like the distancing is almost a metaphor for we really need to get right with ourselves. Interesting. And that can be painful. Oh, it's on. It is. I, I'm not going to lie. It's not something you want to live in every day. Um, depression is hard. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of us, a lot of people are on antidepressants or anti-anxiety or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, you know, so I, when I lived in Vancouver, I got, I got major anxiety. I got put on anxiety drugs and I had to hear something which was really interesting and it changed my perspective. And it was, well, number two things, anxiety is just a, the same reaction as excitement in your body. Mm -hmm. It's just, you're identifying it as something different. You're, you're, you're processing it differently. Right. Mm -hmm. And anxiety is a natural part of life. Once I figured out those two things and that I was going to have it, but how do I manage it for myself? And mm -hmm. then a pill won't make it go away mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, it can subdue it, but it, like, yeah, it can mask it, but it doesn't make the problem go away. Right. And so we need, yeah, this is where we need to deal with things. We're all hurting. Um, yeah. And mm -hmm. I will tell you, I'm, I'm the first not to want to deal with it. And like the world forces me sometimes. And yeah. Oh, I've always been the one that, okay, let's just move on. You know, oh, that happened. Oh, that was terrible. Okay. But I got to do this right now. Yeah. And it just, just, you know, vision focus. It was just always like that. And then it finally got to the point of like, no, 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 no more. No more. My, my dad's part of the silent generation and he's British. So we would talk about things. I mean, we didn't even hug, you know? So, yeah. Right. So then your hope for the future when we've kind of already brought that into the conversation is what, what do you think will come out of it? Loving understanding and empathy for mm -hmm. one another um, team being a part of a team in, in the sense of a world team. Uh, I think that um, I am, I am willing to stand up and for other people's rights. Mm -hmm it's time and i think that so many others are so i see a i see a bright future i do i see i see a bright future i'd like that's what i imagine and what you put things in imagination they're gonna come true yes i agree with you and i think it's i think it's coming i don't know how long it's gonna take there's gonna be a lot of work there's gonna be a lot to do but it's gonna feel right and that's the thing. I think one of the things that we all have to walk away doing is to try, to try something yeah. different, to try a little bit harder, to have uncomfortable conversations. I have one scheduled for next week to, to start to understand a little bit more of the world. And, and so more mm -hmm. friendships. Oh my God, the opportunities are endless when we help one another. So giving back, helping people feed people food banks super important like yeah. we're making sure that we are every time we buy food we're giving some food to mm -hmm. the food banks because we know more people are going to need it than ever yeah so. that's good that's good you gotta try to do your part yeah the littlest thing matters you know it does and then the bigger things will come the teaching the support the just acknowledging yeah that this exists is a big deal it's huge because yeah. it gives people confidence that they can step forward and that they're not that, that that they're not going to get beat up along the way so hard 
they're going wouldn't to have it, a layer of protection. Wouldn't it be nice if we could all be ourselves and be loved for it and, and be propped up versus pushed down? Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, I hope to be the proper upper. I'm a, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Yes. So the buffer, it, the proper upper, whatever yeah. it needs to be. I just love talking to you. Well, I love talking to you. Thank you. I really appreciate all the things you're doing and, and for, you know, shouting your cause because um, yes. it's hard to stand up and shout for something that you believe in because mm -hmm. you, you, you want people to accept you. But so here's a couple of things. I'm a vegetarian and I love it. And I'm a vegetarian because I don't like how they treat animals right. in that situation. However, I'm not against you if you're a meat eater. That's okay. And I don't need to change you. So that's yeah. one thing, right? Yeah. I have a lot of gay friends. I have women friends that have turned into men. I have men friends that have turned into women. I, you know, I support environmentalism. I support gay people. I support LBGQ. Uh, it was a less free. It was less. It was less letters before LGBTQIA. Yeah, yeah. It was less before. So I do apologize. Like I am supporter of um, green energy, of yes. saving animals, of helping people. So yes, mm -hmm. and and I'm going to start standing up and saying it because I've kept that behind closed doors, and it's not because I want anybody to feel bad or like they should be like me. Yeah but because I want to be myself and have that be okay. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you have to do that and you will get attacked for it here and there, but you also have to just say your truth. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. And I mean, attack, you know, hopefully we can grow from that. All of us. Right. I know it's easy to be mean online. Mm -hmm. um, it's also easy not to pay attention and delete comments. Yep. And delete right. friends. And delete friends. Yeah, yeah. I've I, done that. I've done that too. Yeah. yeah. But I don't want to, I don't want an emotional response every time I open up my Facebook. I would just be like, Ugh. Oh, Right? You know. <laughs> yeah. I try to keep Facebook fun and light. Um, and then, you know, the real conversations happen really between in Messenger. Yeah. A lot. Right. So yeah. the dark, dark social, they call it. Ooh. The dark social. The dark social. <laughs> Yes. Well, it's been great talking with you and thank you so much for doing this with me and we'll get this out for the world to hear. Oh my God. I can't wait. Send me a link. I'll share it everywhere. I and, will. Uh, um, yeah. And thank you. Thank you so much for doing what you do and being just so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Pip. Thank you for listening today. Subscribe to this podcast to hear all our episodes. Go to shoutyourcause.com to our podcast page for information on our guests and notes from this show.